Hey there, and welcome to the podcast that inspires you to do more with your passion for cars. As it's the festive time of year, I'm spending more and more time thinking about gratitude and being more present in life and with family. Currently, we have a secret Santa, keeping it simple and focusing on the gift rather than just going out and overbuying and overspending. It's brilliant just distilling the idea of an experience into its pure essence rather than overcrowding and confusing ourselves with presents, gifts, greed and going down that rabbit hole. But this idea of distilling an essence into an experience is what today's guest does brilliantly. She is a content creator and racing driver who delivers her view on the automotive industry with a unique perspective only a few people can share. I promise you, what comes next will help you with your insecurities or problems with that big scary thing in your life. I've always had that competitive edge. I am the softest person away from anything like that and I will do anything for anyone. As soon as you get me in a car, anything like that, something just kind of clicks and it's that kind of drive, I think, in anything I do, I want to do it to the best of my ability. I've had her on the simulator and she will crash the first corner every single time, but she will always be in the passenger seat where she can and just, it's that support that I think I have gone as far as I have in different things. Fell in love with it. For some reason, something clicked and we were just flying and it was that exhilaration that I was like, I need this in my life. I had someone commenting on the TikTok saying, you don't know what weight transfer is, why are you talking about it? You're a girl. And I'm like, and it's one of those that you've got to remember that these are just people without profile pictures, without a proper username that are just sat at home commenting for the sake of commenting. Want to try something, just do it. Don't stress about it and worry yourself stupid. Just jump in, have a go and see what happens because you never know where you may end up. Just a quick one. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I just ask if you haven't already, please click follow or subscribe wherever you are listening. It takes two seconds and it really helps the podcast reach new people. I would love if the episode today would help just one person discover something new or help them on their journey in their career. So thank you. If you're hearing this, I'm recording this on Christmas Day and the Tacona raffle that has been sponsoring the podcast this month is up. And so if you think you've won, please go over to Zakona and check on those prizes. And don't forget, they're also giving you, the listeners of this podcast, 15% off their store, store-wide. So it's not too late. You can always go and grab something over there, use that discount code, and give back to the people that are helping open the conversation up in about mental health and breaking that taboo in the industry. And I couldn't be more happy to be associated with them and so grateful for them helping with this podcast so look for the raffle go look at their site go grab something because the designs are all done by lewis himself and they are all individual unique and creative and that's what we love over here on the podcast is people that are doing something with their passion for cars and making a difference and it's all about that if you do like his stuff we also record an episode with lewis so i'll leave all of that down below in the show notes Thanks again for listening. We'll get back to the episode. Your upbringing, your sort of early years, what would I need to know about you then to understand you now? So very early on, my dad was incredibly into cars. I mean, still to this day, he will probably have four or five cars a year just because he likes chopping and changing. He likes the excitement. And I remember being about three or four years old, he had a G-Series Porsche 911. 
and I don't really remember much from that age but I always remember being sat in that car and just feeling on top of the world absolutely loved it and it's kind of growing up around that that got me into the automotive industry I was learning to drive before I was 17 I already had like two cars before I was 17 um Mm. because I just had a farm locally that I could go and learn on I was I had that bug my dad had um, I used to play netball up to a national standard so I've always had that competitive edge as well and the love of just sport in general and then that mix with the automotive has kind of led me to where I am today. Mm. I mean what is it about the competition side of things that um, like gets you, gets you going? I'm not really sure I've always had that competitive edge I am the softest person away from anything like that and I will do anything for anyone as soon as you get me in a car or on a network or anything like that something just kind of clicks and it's that kind of drive I think in anything I do I want to do it to the best of my ability and then you put it in that competition aspect obviously Mm. there's more factors and you're like no I need to do well now and it just kind of something sparks yeah and so you would you say you're competitive with yourself as well just uh, yeah Absolutely. I mean, a little bit of perfectionist, which can be frustrating in its own sense. But at the end of the day, it means things will get done and they'll get done properly in the way that I like them to be done. So even down to, for example, for work, organising graphics, the text lines have to have the same size in between them. And it's the really simple things. But at the end of the day, the, it comes out the way I like yeah. it. No, brilliant. And so the relationship with your dad is, is do you guys are you guys still close now? Is it and how has that how has that been? Just sort of having someone that's as into cars as, as you are, but that gave you that passion in the first place. Absolutely. I mean, he's never done racing or anything like that. So he hasn't come from a motorsport background. He's just enjoyed cars and he mm. saw them younger. Um nowadays he as soon as I said I was getting into racing, he was over the moon. I broke up with my ex-partner and moved back home. And the next day he had bought a car trailer and the following Monday we were down in Norfolk buying a track car. So best way to get over a breakup. But he's been so supportive from day one. He's there every weekend. He will be helping on the car when he can. And I mean, he's in the garage at like 10 o'clock at night cleaning it because it needs to be perfect. So it's nice to have him there from kind of day one and being so supportive. Yeah. I mean, in other sort of like parental figures, you know, like your mom's sort of stuff, is it that she she understand everything's going on as well? She did she did she get involved as involved, or was she kind of like backing out of it? Mom is absolutely crazy about it. So although she doesn't know much mechanically or anything like that, and I've had her on the simulator and she will crash the first corner every single time, but she will always be in the passenger seat where she can and just it's it's like she's had a bottle of vodka after it. It's, she goes so hyper, it's hilarious. She loves it. Yeah, and is, is I guess is support been a big thing then? So growing up, is, it, is the, your parents big on that sort of stuff then? Massively, I can't thank them enough. Whatever I've decided I wanted to do, they've always backed me a hundred percent, and it's that support that I think I have gone as far as I have in different things. Even down to the channel, my mom and my dad are the first people to be watching it. Every video, every week, they will have it on their TV at six pm every Sunday, and it's it just makes you feel. Um, like they believe in you and obviously your parent my parents are one of the biggest influences in my life so knowing they believe in me and they believe that I can do it is a massive deal for me yeah and do you reckon if they weren't as into cars and stuff you'd, you'd still find this way or would you reckon you would be doing something else oh, that's a tough one I think I will always be drawn to it whether it would have gone as far as it had I don't know um 
but I think there'd still be some kind of influence of automotive had found its way into my life. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I ask is because, like, sort of like looking at my family, my parents and the, my dad, he liked cars, but he never had cool cars. And I guess it's just sort of guy I find interesting because I found a passion for cars without without having them influence me. So I just kind of like understand sort of like how people's backgrounds work because we all, we, we all gravitate to these things, these these breathing engines and these machines. So it's it's nice to understand how people get there. Absolutely. Yeah. And so tell me, how did the racing come into it? And so when did you decide that obviously the competition side of things, you're, you're, you're competing with people, but like, when was it, was it karting? I mean, how did you get into the racing side? So I never karted. I despise karting. It is not for me. Um, I did it once when I was 15 at Butlins and I got smashed into a nearly broke a rib. And from that day I was like, nope, hate it. Never do it again. I'm sticking to my netball court. And then I had a Lotus Experience Day bought for me for my 21st for my parents because I'd had a little go in a Lotus before. I absolutely loved it. So they thought mm. it would be a really fun gift. And I just fell in love with it. For some reason, something clicked. I was out on track. I had Martin Donnelly, the XF1 for Lotus, as my instructor. And we were just flying. And it was that exhilaration that I was like, I need this in my life. Mm. So mm. I knew that because I was not necessarily old but old in the motorsport world that I hadn't had that karting experience or years of experience that I thought it was out of reach because we don't just have this massive budget we can go chuck at a, a car and a team and be done with so in my head I thought well if I go buy a Lotus it's a track car for the road it will scratch that itch enough for me so um it didn't <laughs> full disclaimer and whilst that was all going on I did start my YouTube channel with the with the Lotus doing mm. kind of reviews and it kind of grew from there and I started being influenced and around more people in motorsport thinking that actually I could make this work so it's just been one of those goals that I thought I'm gonna have to give this a shot because I'll regret it if I don't yeah that's fantastic and how is it how has it been are uh, you uh, is it was it as good as you thought it'd be I mean what what, what challenges have come up during this it is an absolute roller coaster and there is definitely a lot of stress involved in boat sport but nothing will ever beat that feeling when you're in a car and mm. all the stress around sorting out budget sorting out teams sorting out mechanics all the kind of stress around it as soon as you're in that car nothing else matters and yeah. it makes it all yeah. worth it and it's that feeling that makes you do all the rest makes you do hours and hours of searching partners and trying to make sure everything's ready and doing all the training it's it's that feeling in the car is just like no other yeah and how do you deal with the stress and the pressure because I mean I've spoken to various different racing drivers at different ages and they all they, they mentioned focus is it do you is it the focus that gets rid of the pressure and the stress or do you deal with it a different way I think the pressure and stress will always be there it's mm. I think people that say are uh, I don't feel it. It will be there. They'll just be dealing with it in a way that subconsciously they don't realize. And it's just trying to stay focused. It's trying to keep your eye on the prize, the goal, remembering why, why you're doing it. So, for example, we still haven't got budget sorted for next year. It's very, very stressful because we're coming up to Christmas mm. and a lot of people are already announcing things. So we've got that stress now. We're waiting on meetings and answers of other people where I'm having to sit back I can't do anything now it's out of my hands and very luckily we had a day in the car last week and it just kind of took that stress away you're kind of in the car you're like this is why I'm doing it let's just keep focus on this it's going to happen and positive mindset is huge 
in everything the moment you start thinking negatively about it your procrastination sinks in you stop sorting all these things out you Mm. maybe stop going on the simulator as much you stop enjoying it but if you keep that positive mindset it helps massively and and have you always have you always been positive this is something that you've had to to work on or is this something that you just found that's naturally come to you I always try and keep a positive outlook I'm very much a I like to help people and like big people up so I always do put a face on a little bit but as I've grown up and I think the last couple of years and the experiences I've had doing this whole thing the last couple of years has made me become more of that person mm. I used to be very very anxious I still am a little bit anxious at times but I know how to deal with it and I know more about how my mind and my body works and I've learned a lot about myself as cringy as that sounds but it's helped massively no I completely get you like I mean for instance like I, I I'm a massive pessimist well, I try not to be but like <laughs> <laughs> I say I say now it's, it's one of those things where like optimism doesn't come naturally to me like it's I and I for quite a while I expected the worst and I, it, I don't know why but it was always it was always something that I thought well I, I could try this but it's, it's not going to work out but I'm going to try anyway so there was there was that but it's I mean how have you learned to deal with the anxiety and the nerves I mean it ha- is that is that been a pressure I mean have you got to therapy have it was it something like how did you discover your own way to deal with these things I think a lot of it was focusing on the positives so um a big thing for me I've got fibromyalgia which is a pain condition so I'm 99% of the time in pain Mm. and that's I think part of the reason why track and racing is so special to me is because I can be in that car and it's the only time I'm not in pain and it was a massive thing for me that gave me that little bit of hope that was like I can still live my life and adapt to um, my condition without being kind of missing out on stuff I can still have the life that I want and going on from that I think that was a massive kind of turning point for me because I'd spent four years in and out of hospital in and out of doctors trying to work out what was wrong with me trying to learn how to deal with it and getting nowhere I mean doctors are still not great with it because it's a very unknown condition and then being in the car it was like this this is me I've got my life back almost so Mm building on that it was just a massive turning point of having that focus and that drive returned because there was that bit of hope and I've just kind of clung on to that no it's fantastic I mean it's brilliant to have something that not not I guess not as a coping mechanism but it's a it's a um it's a beacon of hope because yeah, I mean exactly. if you're looking yeah if you're looking for if you're looking for answers you'll find them <laughs> but if you're looking exactly. for problems you'll get them exactly and the massive yeah. thing with fibro is um, the focus so if you're stressed it will flare and the thing is obviously if you're thinking of a gray if someone says gray elephant or you're focusing on a gray elephant that's all you're going to be able to think about mm. and it's the thing with pain so the massive coping mechanism is distraction so having different things to be doing different things to be thinking my body's capable of it I'm just in pain whilst doing it so having all these different things to be doing my brain's no longer just thinking pain 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 it's thinking okay we're out in the genetic next week okay I need to learn Donington okay I need to do this and it's just taking that away from me and have you found that I guess the preparation is there a is there a routine do you like is it like sim Monday uh do you go like it's training routine how do you structure the racing side of things we get back to hearing more from our guests a huge thank you to those who support the podcast by listening and sharing it among friends and enthusiasts alike Suppose you get help by becoming a patron. By becoming a patron, you can access live events and video podcasts. 
these podcasts will always be and continue to be free forever. Or like anyone doing something out of passion, I want to improve. Better guests, audio and book production. If you're willing to give a small monthly amount and invest in my mission to inspire, inform and entertain by getting better equipment and giving me more time to invest back in the podcast, I would be forever grateful for anything you can provide. If you're currently on your journey to explore your passion for cars and need help introducing yourself to people in the industry, patrons will also be having a one-to-one with me to help advise and see if the network I have built during this podcast can help you achieve your goals. I will leave further information in the show notes below if you want to know more about how you can help. Work, I am very hit and miss with what days I do. I'm not a Monday to Friday, nine till five. I work for myself. Um, So it can be like, for example, the key event, I can very last minute be called, okay, do you want to come to this event on Thursday? So it's just trying to get as much same time as possible working with my team and my coach to have goals. I'm very much like to have goals to tick off. So, for example, we set up a simulated grid and I had to learn how to get through the first couple of laps whilst it's absolute carnage. And now we've like ticked that off. We will go on to learn overtaking Ubers and do bits like this. So it's more just kind of um, step by step learning and just incorporating it around my life. So, for example, it could be I can do an hour on Monday at 5 p.m. But next week it will be an hour on the Tuesday at 9 p.m. So Mm. it's very kind of hit and miss. But that's the nice thing about my work is that it is flexible that I can fit it all in yeah I mean so is consistency important for you guys then when it comes to this or is is, is, is it the consistency because for me I mean something that I've been working on quite a lot and trying to get into is like consistently with the routine with with the podcast like editing on a Monday or doing this on a Tuesday and a bit just being consistent with it so it's I mean it's consistency for you like considerate days or is it just as long as you're doing it is that what matters I try and see things as a week for you rather than day by day because again the nature of my work and the nature of racing and um, my health as well things can crop up so for example an event can crop up or track day can pop up quite easily so I literally have next to me a to-do list that I write every week of everything I need to get done that week and without fail it'll always get ticked off so it's quite nice to have that flexibility again. I think works for me a little bit more. It takes that pressure and stress off that I need to get this done today. I need to get this done today. So, okay, I've got to the end of the week. I try and plan it somewhat. Mm. So, for example, with work, I do social media management as well. I have uh, 15 accounts to schedule. So I do a week's worth of scheduling on a Monday. But if I have work on a Monday, for example, it will then be pushed to the Tuesday. So there's some kind of um, consistency there, but it's more as a weekly view because I mm. think it just takes that little bit of stress off. I'm then not working out from 7 till 5 p.m. and then coming back and feeling like I have to get this scheduled, I have to get this scheduled. It's like, fine, it can wait till tomorrow. We're ahead anyway. So I think being organised for me is the most important thing. Yeah. And you, you mentioned goals. So, I mean, firstly, how, how do you think the racing is going? And are, are you hitting those goals? So far, it's this year could have been better. We had a lot of struggles and I think it was obstacle after obstacle. So next year, we are making a massive, massive step up, but in a way that's going to benefit us tremendously. We're going with a professional team. We've got a professional driver and coach next to us. We're going into a proper race car that actually is going to now reach my uh, my GT racing goals. So... Although it seems like a lot, it's actually a goal that is still achievable. And it's just more the side of getting your head around it, trying to organise the budget. Motorsport is massively revolving around money. 
and that's our big, biggest obstacle from day one so I think it seems like it's on the right track it's maybe not happening as quick as I would like it to be um I think any driver would like to say they'd be able to announce straight away would be the, the best kind of outcome but it's again this learning process of the whole situation the whole kind of motorsport world yeah I mean, so, I mean, I, I mean, I guess the question is, 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 are you happy with the progress? Yeah, absolutely. I think this time in August, I was so frustrated with it all because of all the issues we've been having. And we were very much at a, a T-junction where it was like, what do we do next? We'd been screwed over by a team, which cost us a lot of money. We've had issue after issue and we was in a series that wasn't getting us quite enough kind of recognition that we needed. It wasn't the right step for what we wanted with the GT. Mm. It was a car I didn't 100% get along with. I much prefer rear-wheel drive to front-wheel drive. I prefer that movement underneath me. So it was one of those where what did we do? Where did we go? Who do we trust? And very nicely, people that we trusted and worked with before step that stopped up and really helped us out and gave us kind of a bit of a navigation so since that point we now have that hope we have that focus and it's just working towards that now and I think if we achieve that and we achieve everything that we want to achieve next year and that is more than possible mm. like it'll be a massive life goal in itself ticked off oh, fantastic I mean all the best to it. it sounds like it's good it should be a good year I mean it's um it's cross <laughs> Fingers crossed. And so this, I want to talk about more of the, the content creation side of things. So I mean, what was the story behind that and what made you want to go into doing that in the first place? So YouTube was always something that intrigued me. It was something that when I was younger, I thought, oh, I'd quite like to have a go at this. I never, ever had the confidence to do it. Hated speaking on camera, hated public speaking, hated having photos taken of me, everything. And when I got the Lotus, I was like, actually I started the Instagram for it and I was like well actually I could turn this into more of for myself so like motorsport automotive side of things so I ended up creating driving vex that's where the name all came from and sort of established itself and I thought you know what I'm gonna give this YouTube channel a try so I thought I'll start it off with a really quick introduction then I'll do a little walk around on my Lotus it's a really good starting point and yeah, if you watch my first video back, I am so nervous on it. I'm literally sat there like, hi, my name's Becca. This is my channel. And it was one of those where I was like, actually, I really enjoy it. Mm. I enjoy being able to talk about my passion. I enjoy being able to go try all these different cars and enjoy them and have fun whilst doing it. That The presenting then came along naturally. And it's gotten to the point now where I absolutely love it and I want to make a career out of it, which is incredible. That's fantastic. I mean, most people that say they don't like public speaking they don't like talking on camera I and mean, it sounds like a massive jump i mean what yeah. what clicked what changed was it was it the car that made the difference or did you just think right now it's the time to start if i don't start now i think a lot of it was i was talking about something i loved so it came really na- that side of things came really naturally and i had to really try and convince myself not to care what other people think mm. And I started getting to the point where I was getting um, kind of approached for work and approached for press cars and being noticed. And it was that point where I was like, actually, people are watching this. People are enjoying this. I'm doing something right. And it was that boost in confidence that I think I definitely needed. Catrum were my very first press car that I got loaned and they actually approached me for it. And that was a massive, massive jump for me. I 
absolutely rinsed that car for content. I think I did three different videos and they're still to this day some of my top performing videos because I just was like amazed that these companies are actually wanting me to do this. Mm. And even to this day, like I had the key event the other day. It's like, I'm doing this for work. I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. Basically, if I look at my education where I, where I started off, like I'm, I'm, I'm not massively dyslexic, but I have dyslexia. So it's doing, doing this and speaking in public or just speaking out loud, like reading a book in school. Like if I would read a book, it'd be stuttered. The sentence wouldn't make sense. And you'd have people laughing. Like it would it'd be harder to, to do this sort of stuff because you yeah. constantly have it in the back of your head. So, was that maybe was what did you experience at school and what did you experience with with that sort of side of things was was that what gave you the sort of the fear of doing it or I'm just trying to understand sort of where, where it came from I think my trouble was especially when I was younger is I cared too much about what other people thought mm. and it was always that voice in the back of my head that was like oh people are going to say stuff people are going to judge you and I absolutely hated that I got along with everyone in school I've was friends with everyone but my school was very clicky and because I got on with everyone and I wasn't a kind of gossipy person I wasn't necessarily in one of those cliques Mm. and it was that kind of like sometimes exclusion that was quite hard if that makes sense and again I went to um I did an extra year in sixth form at the school I went to hated the sixth form the head of sixth form turned around to me and went you'd never get into a Russell Group University um came out with a star AB um, at a college a different college but I was a year older than everyone so again there's that little bit of exclusion I could drive before everyone else I would literally drive to lessons and leave when I could because it was a 40 minute journey it was so much easier so it's kind of that fear of judgment that I've always had but again it's it still lingers there's still mm. times when maybe I'll see a comment and it will affect me but it's a lot better than what it used to be and doing this has made it a lot better than it used to be that's fantastic and let's talk about the comments and the social media side of things because that's something that i guess people don't realize is the the other side of the content creation yeah it seems great like it seems like you're filming vote like photo videos with lotuses and caterums but there's the other side of it people don't see which is they might see it as a quick comment as like a, oh i don't like this video but you've spent a lot of time on that video you spent a lot of time editing filming like scripting so how does that affect you? I mean, you mentioned it previously, but like, so what, if, what is your outlook on looking at comments and looking at the feedback? I think sometimes for some reason, if you're in the bad mood, you've had a tough day, one will, it will get to you. I think that's inevitable for anyone that's human. But majority of them, I try and take them with broad shoulders and think at the end of the day, they're commenting because they're jealous. So for example, on the Lotus Driving Academy video with the Amir I did a couple of weeks ago, I had someone commenting on the TikTok saying, you don't know what weight transfer is. Why are you talking about it? You're a girl. And I'm like, I I bet you'd probably never even driven on track before. You'd probably be a lap down on us. And it's one of those that you've got to remember that these are just people without profile pictures, without a proper username that are just sat at home commenting for the sake of commenting. And you have to remind yourself that because otherwise it can get to you quite a lot. And I know some people it would affect and it would stop them doing content creation but these are people that are never going to be doing that and mm. that's why they're commenting is because they're jealous yeah I mean, and what is your what is your advice for people that maybe want to maybe want to start a channel maybe want to start doing content creation or even social media management like what is what is the advice for like creating content and being creative the biggest bit of advice is just do it 
don't wait for the perfect time because it's never going to happen. Mm. If you're constantly waiting for that perfect moment, a certain amount of followers on your Instagram to start a YouTube or because you want to have a certain car or be with a certain brand, it's not going to happen and it will keep getting delayed. You just have to jump in the deep end and just do it about something you love because then the passion will come through and it will be fun because the moment it's not fun is the moment you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. I mean, what is your creative process like when you go to film a video, you go to create a bit of content? So being as organized as I am, I always do my research because sometimes, for example, with SMNT, we got half an hour with the cars, mm. which is not a lot of time. So that's half an hour to do an intro, thumbnail, TikTok, Instagram, and a full 10 minute video. Um, so I always, always do my research, just have an idea of all the specs of the car. So I've got them written down. I know what they are. I can refer to them backwards and forwards. And also a little bit about what others have said of it. Mm. So if I don't have as long with a car, if I've got a shorter experience, I kind of know what to expect. So then when I am driving it, I'm looking out for it and then I can tick it or cross it off if I agree with it. But also I've then got that with me. So I go with the car or whatever event I'm doing and then I have a little tick list on my phone to make sure I don't miss anything because it's the worst thing when you get home to edit it and you're like, oh, damn. (laughs) So I just like to make sure I'm organized with it. And then the rest of it, it just kind of free flows. Um, I don't want to say make it up on the spot because it doesn't sound very professional, but I have my bullet points. I'll make sure I take them off. But a lot of it, it's natural response. It's my natural impression to drive in the car or to whatever event we're doing. And I think that's the biggest thing that I try and push on my channel is it's just me driving this car and what I think of it. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good point, though. I mean, you say you're not making it up. I mean, let's be honest, we're all we're all winging it. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a professional podcast host. I don't I don't do anything outside of this. I don't I don't speak at events. I don't interview people. I'm not a journalist. I just have a curiosity for people and the the industry in itself. And like, I'll be completely honest. Like with these, sometimes I do research. Sometimes I don't. Like in terms of guests, like I'll follow them on social media. I'll do a bit of scrolling. Like I'll have a look at their past and stuff. But the, the, the if I went too deep, it would ruin this. Like this, this had this whole conversation. Like if I went into the minutest detail of I'd 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 know all about you before having a chat. Yeah, the thing there's there's always a point where it can become too scripted, and even in my presenting and content creation for work that I do with Eden Tires, we literally bullet point everything. So we will bullet point kind of what we want to achieve. But we'll let it come out naturally because if you kind of script someone and say, okay, you need to say the tire is really sticky. I don't know why that just came to mind first. You'll end up muddling your words on the word the rather than the important stuff. Whereas if you just have kind of the key points in your mind, the rest will then just build itself naturally and it comes across naturally as well. And you just so your whole your whole channel is just you and your opinion of these cars. And it, it, what is the what is the best sort of I guess the content that's not best content created, but what is your best sort of I don't know experience with these cars so far? Or what have you have you had a favorite video and stuff? Oh, that's a tough one. I think my favorite one to make was the Living with the Catrium. So the first Catrium press car. I had the 170R. I drove it a thousand miles in a week because obviously it's my first press car. I wanted to make the most of it. And I did things like go um doing donuts in it and a friend's lorry yard and then took my mum to go get donuts at the seaside and I think the whole process of that video was so exciting so kind of so many opportunities within it that it will always stand out as a favorite video 
But I think one that probably means the most will be the Lotus and Mirror video because my journey started at the Lotus Driving Academy and to be invited back down to go drive the brand new Amira was amazing. It was like life's come full circle and it was almost two years to the day as well. So that video, it was before anyone had really got hold of the Amira. So only the likes of like Chris Harris and the mm. very big presenters. So I was like, I need to get this out ASAP because the customer deliveries were the following week. So it was like filmed, edited within a couple of days, scheduled so I could get it out. And it's done really well, which I'm grateful for. No, it's fantastic. And I mean, do you, I guess you compare yourself to other presenters or do you look for stuff when they're doing it? Do you, do you take sort of bits that you like and don't like? Or how do you sort of get your inspiration from from that inside of that side of things? I think you have to take on board what people do because... I'm still reasonably new to it all. So there's a lot of people that have done it for years and obviously they've learned the hardships already. So it's kind of taken some of that trial and error away from you. But again, doing your research, YouTube is really complex in terms of things like thumbnails, in terms of titles, subtitles, everything plays its part on how well a video will do. So doing research into what does well, what doesn't do well is really helpful. But I think in terms of actually presenting how you are on camera, you just need to be yourself. Mm. Otherwise, you end up just another robot. And the same with the content as well. You don't want to have a car that another probably bigger YouTuber has already had and your videos be almost identical because 99.9% of the time, they're just going to watch the other YouTubers anyway. So you need to kind of keep your own creativity and your own spark and that makes your channel that little bit special yeah and I guess what is what is your little bit special what is your elevator pitch what is your USP if we're being boring USP I would say it would be the fact that I am a female racing driver so I know how to drive I like to think and a lot of female car reviewers out there are not drivers as such if Mm. that makes sense and I don't want to take anything away from them because they have an amazing niche as they do but I always like to have that little bit of car performance in my video. So you'll notice every car review, whether it's a one litre um, little run around or whether it's a big performance sports car, it will always have that little bit. Oh, actually, the handling's quite nice. Oh, it's rolling a little bit. Something like that that refers to actually how it drives and is it fun? Because that's kind of, for me, driving should be fun. Hmm. Yeah. And then so um, talking about the future, so if I said to you the next five or ten years are going to be the best five or ten years of your life what would have to happen in those in that time period for that to be true so there's kind of three aspects that I would like so first up would be the racing side I would love to develop through the ranks into GT and build a reputation for myself in racing get my coaching license and build a bit of a career in that side of things as well um, in terms of the channel and socials, I'd just like to keep doing what I'm doing, working with amazing brands and keep building it to a point where it's, I don't know, just keep building it really. And then on the side of work is to be able to do content creation and presenting full time, mm. get into um, not just presenting for my channel, but presenting for other people and make a career out of it. And what about yourself? So take take work away, take all the racing and stuff and just just you. Like what would have to happen for you like uh, just like personally for it to be the best five, 10 years? I think personally for me, it would be just being happy. At the end of the day, you can have all the money in the world. You can have all the materialistic things, but if you're not happy, then you don't really have anything. So I just want to make sure that I am building everything up, being successful, mm. 
having a fam like having my close family around me getting the dogs on my list as well <laughs> but um just being happy and making sure that I you can always take that step back and be like yeah I'm really proud of what I've achieved and I'm happy with the way things are going yeah they're no, fantastic I mean if you talk about like romantic relationships for instance for me like I'm I don't see myself having a relationship in the next five years like, I can't in my head there is no time or space for that like I'd have to give a lot of myself a lot of energy a lot of time to this person um is that, is that the same for you or do you, do you want a relationship or do you want to have someone that you can share this with so I am in one now and he has been really really supportive so for example last week at the track my dad's um was waiting for an operation so he couldn't lift anything mm. so he's there being chief mechanic under my dad's supervision he gets along with the family really well and he's really supportive of everything and that's all I could ask for that's fantastic it's, it's nice to have someone you can share these things with and it's not your parents it's not your um family because it gives it it gives it something it's something you can you guys can share isn't it at the end of the day it's something you guys have that's that's special to you i mean absolutely yeah and is 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 he is he going to get in a car anytime soon is is he gonna is he gonna feature more videos like what is is he he just more like sort of out out of out of shot so he genuinely spends more time on the simulator than me constantly trying to beat my times which is (laughs) hilarious um but he hates being on camera I've had to help him do some work for his work mm. and it is hilariously bad <laughs> bless him but in terms of actually with my content creation he'll always be there holding the camera taking photos and with the car side of things he's currently doing a VTech mini build which he's planning to take on track so I'm kind of hoping he'll trust me with that as well yeah and you just don't spit it out <laughs> that's the plan <laughs> just put it put it into a bullet or something would be interesting Exactly. Hmm. The amount he crashes on the sim, I don't know how he'll do either. Nah, it's fine. I mean, I, the, my, my experience with sims limited, but there you go. I'm not, I'm not a racing driver. So. <laughs> There's a reset button. That's all that matters. <laughs> when it comes, when it, I mean, when it comes to sort of, I mean, we've mentioned the future. It mentions your your goals, and it's. And I know we're coming towards the end here, but if I if I was to say you've got you, you, your three car garage, the ultimate three car garage, what would you have in it, and um, what would make up sort of your day to day driving? So I've got this down to a T. So my dream car, hands down, is a 991, maybe a 992. I mean, I haven't been quite convinced yet. Um, Porsche GT3 RS in Miami Blue with a YSAC package. Got that one down to a T. It's an ultimate car. Specific. Even if I get to drive one on the channel, I will literally be, I can delete the channel. Like, it will be a done. I've completed it. So I'm still working. I got a GT4 and I had a GTS. So I'm getting there. I just need the GT3 now. But that that would be like my supercar show car. And then I would have a fully track built Lotus Elise. Um, it's where everything started. I still absolutely adore them. And then for a daily, I must admit, I love my Audi TT RS. So I think that would stay. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, they're all brilliant cars. And do have to have to get a portion there at some point. And <laughs> Of course, <laughs> can't can't not have one of those. Um, and yeah, so if you had to, and then taking it to sort of like, yeah, what if you drive one car on any track or road, what would you drive? Um, where would you take it? So I'm gonna keep the Force GT3. I'm gonna go GT3 though because I feel like I'd really like a manual, and to do either Hockenheim Ring or Circuit de Catalunya. I can't decide between the two; they're both equally good. Any reason? Um, the Porsche is just because it's still a dream car and the circuits, I've driven them on the sim and I just really, really love them and I've never driven them in real life. So it will be a goal to tick off, hopefully. Yeah, fantastic. 
And sort of, I mean, and looking at obviously your, the, the people that we mentioned, sort of like Chris Harris, but I mean, out of in like people in your life or just people you look up to, I mean, who inspires you the most? It's really difficult to say because I think so many people have had some sort of an influence. So obviously there's my parents, there's my coach, there's people that I've watched on the TV and watched on YouTube, my friends even, that I think everyone's had that little bit of influence that's all kind of come together to make me who I am now. Mm. Brilliant. And is there anything sort of like you you take from their, their characteristics, you take from the personality that you aim to like sort of in, include in yourself? I think it'll always be my mum's compassion. Um, my dad's kind of just drive and for example, my coach, Sam, and his kind of, his just driving ability is a way to kind of say, screw it and just go for it. And that kind of um, no fear. I think that's like the main three ones I can think of. Fantastic. And if you look back on how far you've come and your your journey, I mean, if you had any advice to that uh, young Becca driving 40 minutes to school and back just, just to get a level, just to get some, uh, what would that advice be? And what, what would you, what would you tell her? I think I'd definitely tell her to just not care what anyone thinks. Do you work out what you want to do? And if you want to try something, just do it. Don't stress about it and worry yourself stupid. Just jump in, have a go and see what happens because you never know where you may end up. Yeah. And what would that, what would that thing be now? If you, if I went to you, there's a massive scary thing that you have to do. What, what photo comes to mind? Oh God, but go and do it. <laughs> I think there'll always be like the initial like, oh my God, but I think I'm at the point now where obviously if it's stupidly scary and the consequences, but if it's something that will be amazing at the end of it, it's it's worth it. No, fantastic. And the last question is, what do you personally love most about cars? It's that ability to take you to another place like theoretically and physically but when you're in a car especially something a little bit special driving it that little bit hard it can take away the whole of life stresses the worst thing in the world could be going on in your life and as soon as you step into that car and drive it it's just melted away and it's that little bit of an escape fantastic and uh, Becca thank you so much for your time it's it's a real privilege to be able to speak to sort of like female content creators because there's not a lot of you <laughs> if I'm being totally yeah. honest <laughs> we're very we're very scarce it's, it's hard it's hard to find you but yeah I mean when I do it's always it's always a conversation which I which I do like and I try to sort of keep them in mind because it's it's a, it's an industry that I believe that needs to have more more diversity and it needs to be represented yeah. equally it, I mean it's getting there as far as I'm concerned like it seems to be more people coming out of the woodwork and I'm, I'm liking more of the stuff that's being created so so thank you for doing that and thank you for pushing forward that young young girls and young women everywhere can, can actually do this because it is a thing you can do it as a thing that you can make a career out of absolutely and thank you very much for having me as well if you're hearing this i'm recording this on christmas day and the Tacona raffle that has been sponsoring the podcast this month is up and so if you think you've won please go over to Tacona and check on those prizes and don't forget they're also giving you the listeners of this podcast, 15% off their store, store-wide. So it's not too late. You can always go and grab something over there, use that discount code, and give back to the people that are helping open the conversation up in about mental health and breaking that taboo in the industry. 
and I couldn't be more happy to be associated with them and so grateful for them helping me with this podcast. So look for the raffle, go look at their site, go grab something because the designs are all done by Lewis himself and they are all individual, unique and creative and that's what we love over here on the podcast is people that are doing something with their passion for cars and making a difference and it's all about that. If you do like his stuff, we also recorded an episode with Lewis. So I'll leave all of that down below in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Becca Taylor, or Driving Bex as we all know her, filled me with positivity today. I don't usually open it up as much as I did this time, but it feels incredible to have these types of conversations with someone you can feed off of and who gives out that kind of energy. Becca deals with what can be, at times, a demanding job mentally. And as she said, with comments and opinions from people being forced upon her, not only is she doing that, she has her own company, races cars, and keeps a smile on her face. I don't know about you, but I'll keep this in mind whenever I need to keep myself motivated, because just knowing that people like Becca are working as hard as she is, then it is possible. Success and happiness can be intertwined, and you can find them both without looking. So, with that being said, this is the Ignition Podcast, and thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's or any of our other episodes, please share them with at least three people you know who are in the car trade, love cars, or just find them interesting. If we can get one more person to listen, then that's one more person in my mission to help inspire people to do more with their passion for cars.